This broadcast has been brought to you by Wesley United Methodist Church. For more information, see our webpage at wesleyumc.com. My friends, this morning I'm going to be reading from Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. He has a brilliant statement in the opening chapter that I think is very fitting for uh, my last Sunday here among you. So this is Philippians chapter 1, and I'll be reading verses 1 through 11. Hear the word of God. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you because I have you in my heart since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness, how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent, in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of God. So on January 1st, New Year's Day, 1773, John Newton addressed his congregation with these words. The Lord gives us many blessings, but unless we are grateful for these, we lose much of the comfort from them. So this statement is intriguing to me because of its timing. At the new year, one season of life fades away, and as a new season knocks at the door. Our lives in those moments sit ripe with the potential of grateful remembrance. You see, remembrance is a funny word to me. We have this phrase in our liturgy that goes like this. Remember your baptism and be thankful. And I've had many people come up to me that were baptized as infants and they say, Pastor Tim, this statement, it's not fair. I was baptized as a baby. There's no possible way that I can remember my baptism. But this is exactly where remembrance becomes a funny word. In English, we think of the word remember in a passive sense. It doesn't have action necessarily behind it. For instance, our our remembrance doesn't actually actively change anything about the present moment. What did you have for breakfast, I might ask? And, And you might respond, well, I ate toast and jam. But you don't retaste the toast. You don't re-eat the toast. You're just telling me a fact. It's a passive remembrance. But here's a different form of remembrance. 
If I was to ask you, tell me about your dad, or if I was to say, tell me about your best friend, or if I was to say, tell me about your wedding day, or if I was to say, tell me about the day you buried your mother. You see, all of these memories change the present. All of these memories are active memories because you take all of the aspects of those relationships and you wrap them up in your memory and you relive them in a certain way. You may have a tear that begins to fall down your cheek as you remember, or a smile might come to your face. It actively changes the present. You relive it. So when I say remember your baptism and be thankful, I'm really saying remember the effect that your baptism has upon your current identity. Remember all of these great things and bring them into this present moment. Remember who you are in Christ and have gratitude for it. Be thankful. You see, the Lord is in every part of our story. Every part of our story. But in order to really see that God is present in every part of our story, we have to look back on all of our memories, both positive and negative, and have gratitude for them. And this is the trick, right? This is the trick. On my last Sunday here at Wesley, as I turned the page of a season of life with many beloved friends, I want to reflect upon what it means to be grateful for all of our stories, to bring the grace of God from our memories into the present moment, to redeem all time, if you will. See, because Paul writes, I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. But that statement from Paul, I thank my God for all remembrance of you, is a weighted statement. We tend to think initially that Paul is only reflecting upon fond memories with the church at Philippi. But Paul went through some difficult times with the church at Philippi. For instance, Paul remarks in the same passage we read, it is right for me to feel this affectionately about you. I mean, after all, I was imprisoned with you. We strove together after maintaining hope in God in the midst of sorrow. You are all partakers of God's grace in those moments with me. It is abundantly appropriate for me to feel this love towards you. Paul had to encourage the Philippians even as he rejoiced with them. They had gone through difficult roads together. And this morning, as we're reflecting on our stories and this concept of memory, I want to ask you a question. Are there pieces of your story that you would rather keep hidden? Are there dark places of your memory that are subdued, that you try to hide even from yourself? You see, that's the difficult part of memory. There's some memories that we'd rather just keep behind, when we turn this metaphorical page of a new season in life, we'd rather never revisit certain pages. And in fact, we try to even tear out certain pages from our book. But that's the crazy part of human stories. 
We may forgive, but there are some things that no matter how much we can forgive, we, we simply can never forget. There's some points of our story that no matter how much we subdue the details, the wounds still resurface. But Paul intermingles the joys with the sorrows as he remembers his story with the Philippians. So let me pause this sermon one moment, pause button, to say that I have had, I have had so many joys in my time here at Wesley. I'm not speaking this morning about, about any of my struggles here at Wesley when I talk about processing sorrow. I'm not. Instead, let me explain. I'm a preacher, right? So as I'm packing boxes and getting ready to transition and thinking about this turning of the page, I can't help but reflect on all of these acts with the gospel. I can't help it. I'm thinking and thinking and thinking about changing seasons, And I've thought so much about changing seasons and how the gospel fits into it. Something has become plain. That so often when we turn these pages of life, we put it all behind. And we don't ever allow God to redefine our stories as stories full of God's grace. We subdue certain parts of our memory. Many of you know my own story. Many of you know that there's parts in my own story that I can choose to subdue if I like. Many of you know my own personal battles in life that have been full of deep sorrow because many of you, many of you in this room, have helped me walk through those difficult times. But all of this is part of my story. All of this is part of what God has done in my life. You see, most of the greatest lessons in life come from when we can take a negative and a sorrow-drenched season and reinterpret the pain as a point of growth. When we can look upon even the dark nights and see that God has never left our side, well then, then we know the comfort of God in the midst of the storm. We must never forget the entirety of our stories. Paul writes these words to a beaten down church at Philippi. I am confident that the same God who began such a good and a joy-filled work in you will be able to bring you to that final day with Christ when sorrow will have no claim on time. You see, John Newton's words at the turning of the new year are poignant words. They beg us to ask the question, how can we become aware of God's grace in the midst of the memories that contain pain? See, joy, it's easy to see God's grace in seasons of joy. But pain, we must work at gratitude. But my friends, it's the same John Newton who also wrote the words to the beloved hymn that we sing regularly, Amazing Grace. And in fact, it was in that same New Year's Day service where Newton first sung the song of God's amazing grace. And with those words of gratitude on his lips, I can imagine Newton singing this verse. 
Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. His grace has brought me safe thus far, and His grace will lead me home. The turn of the new year. The threshold between yesterday's memories and tomorrow's possibilities. And Newton sings. Newton sings a robust story about all of life. He sings about the grace of God in his past that taught his heart to revere God. And he also sings about the grace of God that relieved all of his fears in the moments of sorrow. Newton sings of the sweet, sweet grace of God that taught his heart to sing. And Newton sings of the grace of God that led him as a blind wretch to a world of colorful vision. Newton boldly remarks, It is that same grace of God that has brought me safe to this point thus far. And then looking beyond today, he says, And that same grace, you better believe it, is what's going to lead me home. It's all of life's story. All of life's story captured in a song that we sing in the wedding chapel and at the funeral graveside. It's a song that we sing in times of great joy and in times of heart-wrenching sorrow. My friends, at these points of remembrance such as today, we have the challenge set before us to live into a life of gratitude for God's grace in every aspect of our stories. We cannot erase our stories. We cannot tear the page from our books. As much as we desire that only joy and peace and happiness define our lives, pain strikes us from our blind side, and we're still miles away from that future vision. Our pasts are marred with sorrow. It is a great challenge to see God in the midst of our pain. But we do not have a God that stands aloof to our pain. If we did, why in the world would we ever talk about Jesus? Because Jesus is God incarnate. Jesus is God taking on human pain and sorrow and sickness. Jesus is God fully understanding our pain. And if God can step into a single moment in time over 2,000 years ago in a specific location, in a specific culture, and still pour out his grace to every aspect of humanity's story, to all of humanity's history, if God's work 2,000 years ago still brings me to my knees as I find healing at his feet, then I guarantee you that God can take a specific moment of your, your memory and redeem that time for his purposes. See, John Newton, the writer of Amazing Grace, he was also once a prominent slave owner. He was a well-known merchant of the slave trade. And many Africans lost their life because of John Newton's cruelty. And I can imagine John Newton rising up out of the captain's quarters of that slave trip 
ship with a new revelation. And he opens the door to a new day. The sun beams down on his face and he begins to sing amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Because I once was lost, but now I am found. I was blind, but now I see. The amazing grace of God that pulled John Newton up from the helm of that slave trading ship, up from the muck of yesterday's identity, is the same grace of God that will lead us home. Yesterday holds the potential of defining our present and our future reality. But my friends, grateful remembrance is a gift of God's grace that allows us to choose how we remember our seasons. John Newton took all of the pain of his past, all of the sorrow that he himself had caused, all of the fear that he had both inflicted and felt, and he reframed his past through the new lens he had received of God's grace. And suddenly, he realized all the ways and all the places that God had been present to him, even while he was God's enemy, even while he was on that slave trading ship. Because John Newton writes these words, "'Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and its grace will lead me home." My friends, not a single moment of our lives ought to be wasted as we tell our stories. For our great God can redeem all time. Indeed, God will redeem all time, and God has redeemed all time. Check out this quote from Louis B. Schmeeds, a 21st century theologian. He writes, Forgiving does not erase the bitter past. A healed memory is not a deleted memory. Instead, forgiving what we cannot forget creates a new way to remember. Forgiving what we cannot forget creates a new way to remember. We change the memory of our past into a hope for our future. If you would, leave that slide up for a good while. And so we pause this day of remembrance to take in the entirety of a passing season. And I'm not even talking about my life among you this morning. Instead, I'm speaking more to this general act of turning the page, this act of remembering a season, this act of living into a fuller story of God's grace. On Father's Day, for instance, I reckon that many of you in this room have hidden bitterness connected to, the, to your dad. Maybe it's bitterness from the past. Maybe it's bitterness in the present. There exist areas of pain that simply cannot be forgotten and that are memories difficult for us to process. But what we are after is a new way to remember. What we are after is a tomorrow that is full of the love of God. 
We have a vision for the kingdom of God, a government wholly operating from peace and joy and purity, completely absent of pain, chaos, and bitterness. And the only way to reach that place of a love-governed world is if we begin with ourselves, if we begin with our own stories, if we begin by remembering our past in a new way, owning the entirety of our life's narrative. As I stand on this threshold between this passing season at Wesley and the journey that awaits me ahead, I am abundantly thankful that I have far more joys than sorrows to reflect upon. You took me in as one of your own, as a leader in your midst, while I was only 19 years old. I've learned so many positive things while here at Wesley. And chief among those is what loving people is all about. You, my friends, have taught me how to truly love people. You've tenderly cared for me as I've grown into a pastoral identity. And for this Wesley, you will always be a cherished people. But you've also cared for me throughout a season of deep sorrow in my life. You've walked with me through significant pain. And for that, I will always be thankful. I'll never forget how swift healing came from your tender balm of loving care. And yet, I'm, I'm abundantly aware that my own story here at Wesley is only a fragment of our existence as a people. Wesley has served Southeast Texas with the gospel love of God for over a hundred years now. My entire life does not even amount to a quarter of a hundred years. <laughs> and beyond that, I've only served here at Wesley for four years out of those 100 plus of Wesley's existence. My story is just a drop in the bucket. And Wesley's own story pales in comparison to the larger story of the global historic church that has existed for over 2,000 years now. And get this, the Christian church even pales in comparison to the broader idea of the people of God that began back in an indefinite time with Adam and Eve. And here's the real joy. That family of God will continue on into eternity. The people of God will know no end of days. This is the hope of resurrection that we have in Jesus. When we've been there 10,000 years, Bright shining as the sun. Well, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. And yet we cannot live today fearful of yesterday's narrative and anxious for tomorrow's results. You see, because that would only paralyze us from this beautiful vision of healing that we hold for the future as the people of God. 
We must live today and every day as though we cross into the threshold of a new tomorrow, of a new resurrection, using gratitude and forgiveness to reinterpret the past. We find ourselves living in the hope-filled future of God's amazing grace. God has been with us all along. For it is God's grace that has brought us safe thus far. And it is God's grace that's going to lead us all home. So my beloved church family, I want to leave you with these words. Remember your baptism and be thankful. Remember who you are in Christ and be thankful. Remember that God has redeemed all of our stories and be abundantly thankful. I am thankful this morning. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to invite y'all to sing with me the first and the last verse of Amazing Grace, a cappella. How about that? Can we get some house lights up? I want to see these people. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. Was blind, but now I see. When we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun Amen Thank you for listening to our broadcast. This has been brought to you by Wesley United Methodist Church. For more information, see our webpage at wesleyumc.com.